0: Hello, Internet, and welcome to the Geeks Grading Geekdom podcast show thing. I am Wes, and every week I and whatever guest I can maybe eventually finally rope in are going to take a look at something under the wide umbrella of geekdom. That's the movies, or the comics, the TV shows, the books, and whatever else fits, which is a lot. This week, it's all about movies and TV from Marvel. I'm talking about the plans for the next few years of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Some of this is confirmed. A bunch of it consists of rumors from what uh, may seem to be, could be, possibly, maybe probably reliable sources in the industry. I've gone to a bunch of sources and gathered information and distilled things down so you don't have to. First a little bit of background as always the Marvel Cinematic Universe the MCU is an interrelated series of movies, TV series and specials that started in 2008 with Iron Man. It is one thing to question the official story and another thing entirely to make wild accusations or insinuate that I'm uh, a superhero. I'm just not the the hero type, clearly with this uh, laundry list of character defects, all the mistakes I made, largely public truth is I am Iron Man. Following that, we had movies featuring Thor, the Hulk, and Captain America. There were support characters that kept popping up in those movies, Nick Fury, Hawkeye, Black Widow, and they all came together in the climactic movie Marvel's The Avengers in 2012. There was an idea called The Avengers Initiative. The idea was to bring together a group of remarkable people, see if they could become something more, see if they could work together when we needed them to to fight the battles that we never could. Since then, we've had a lot of sequels with those characters, some with new characters, new to the movies, I mean, like the Guardians of the Galaxy, Black Panther, and others. There was also an overarching storyline involving super Howard McGuffins called the Infinity Stones. The cosmic villain Thanos sought to get all of them so that he could kill half the population of the universe. And in the movie Avengers Infinity War, he did get them and did do exactly that. Things got better in the next movie, Avengers Endgame. This brings us to 2019 and the end of the MCU Phase 3. I don't know when Marvel Studios began planning out their movies in phases, if this was something they did at the very beginning, or they just realized was a good idea so they could make big, big plans but keep them into manageable chunks. Don't know. But Phase 1 was the first set of the movies that led to the first Avengers movie. Phase 2 started with Iron Man 3, and it included the movie Captain America Winter Soldier, which is probably the number one movie that non-superhero fans would enjoy. It's more of a spy political thriller than anything else. Anyway, Phase 2 ended with the first Ant-Man movie. Then they moved on to Phase 3, which started with Captain America's Civil War. It was really kind of like Avengers number 2.5 because it pit a bunch of the Avengers and other related characters that were introduced in Phase 2 against each other and also included Spider-Man. You're the Spider-ling. Crime-fighting spider. man you are the Spiderling, crime fighting spider I'm Spider-Man. Not in that onesie or not? Also included in Phase 2 were the Black Panther movie, Captain Marvel, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Avengers Infinity War, and Endgame, as mentioned before, and the first two Spider-Man movies, and ended with this revelation at the end of Spider-Man Far From Home. Here's the real blockbuster. Brace yourselves, you might want to sit out. Spider-Man's real. Spider-Man's name is Peter Parker. Then we get to phase four, which started in 2021. That started with the WandaVision TV show, the first of the MCU shows on Disney+. And a lot of fans blast the content of this phase as having no overall point. But I think they're obviously missing the point. But that's a topic for a whole nother time. What's pertinent now is what those shows brought to the MCU that come up later. That's why WandaVision is important. WandaVision. WandaVision. Also, the Loki TV show is important because it introduced the Time Variance Authority to the MCU. This phase gave Black Widow her own posthumous movie. Uh, gave us the sadly mangled Falcon and the Winter Soldier TV show, which could have been a lot better, but uh, COVID happened and uh, adjusted things. Uh, We've got the Shang-Chi movie, the forgettable Eternals movie, the very cool What If TV show, a third Spider-Man movie, and the TV shows Ms. Marvel and Hawkeye, and then wound down with Black Panther the fun but kind of disposable fourth Thor movie, Love and Thunder, and in the second Doctor Strange movie that introduced the universe-hopping character, America Chavez. So that brings us up to speed. Phase five began with Ant-Man and the Wasp Media, which I talked about two episodes ago. From there, it's a well-known thing that in the MCU, things are building toward a massive event titled Avengers Secret Wars. This seems to be based on the two different comic book miniseries of that same title. Secret Wars! Marvel supervillains are coming! Secret Wars! Can the Marvel superheroes stop them? super supervillains and superheroes figures each sold separately. Yeah, the initial one was really specifically created in order to sell toys. But I remember reading it when it was coming out and, and enjoyed it and didn't buy a single toy, so that's possible. So Secret Wars, how are they getting there? Here's where things get into what we know that is what's been announced and what is speculation and maybe reasonably plausible rumor there had been a date announced for Secret Wars that wasn't all that far off from right now. That's changed, allegedly. In fact, let's just throw a great big allegedly in front of everything I say from here on out. The deal now is that Secret Wars has been put off to 2028. Yeah. Half a decade from now. Why? Actually for what seems to be the best reason ever to make room for more MCU projects featuring more characters, and to give the writers, the actors, the producers, and especially the visual effects artist plenty of time to do all these movies and TV shows right, and to not rush them or pile them so on top of each other that weedy audience don't have a chance to breathe between offerings, between movies or TV shows. So what are the projects? Here we go. But bear in mind this one last reminder about all this being basically rumor and unverified information, but still pretty plausible from uh, sources that have proven right in the past so phase five ant-man and the wasp quantum mania that's happened next is the last guardians of the galaxy movie that's volume three which looks like it could be introducing the cosmic character warlock that's coming uh, may 5th then we've got the tv show secret invasion starting may 17th that's where the shape-shifting alien race the scrolls are revealed as having infiltrated earth this was scheduled for march but got pushed back because what? Well, like breathing space, I guess. The second season of Loki is next. That's coming in July based on the uh, post credit scene of Quantum Media where Loki popped up. Uh, this is going to involve Kang just like season one kind of did. And uh, quickly, after that, we have the Echo TV show based on the character that appeared in Hawkeye last year. More on her in a bit. There's going to be a Halloween special featuring Mephisto, who is essentially Marvel's Satan. The Marvel's movie with Captain Marvel, Ms. Marvel, and Monica Rambeau, who was the second Captain Marvel of the Marvel comics introduced in Spider-Man Annual 16. The movie featuring the three of them comes in November. There's going to be a Century TV special to wrap up the year, and Century is kind of Marvel's sort of analog to Superman, introduced into Marvel Comics just, uh, uh, oh, a few decades after Mr. Kent. It's a long and involved promotional kind of story, but uh, also worth maybe its own look. So that's so far this year. Two more more movies, three TV series, and two specials left for this year. In 2024, we're looking at four movies, Captain America, New World Order. That's going to be the one where Sam Wilson, who had been the Falcon, is now the Captain America. He's got a wing suit and the shield. Thunderbolts, who are so interesting. I'll be getting into them later, too. There's going to be a third Deadpool movie with Hugh Jackman breaking his word in the best way possible to return as Wolverine in Deadpool 3. It's also going to be Blade, which is going to be a wholly new movie that I hope, hope, pays homage to the Wesley Snipes version from the 1990s. That movie's contribution to the contemporary superhero movie path of success is tragically underrated and overlooked most of the time. Wesley doesn't get near the respect he's due for doing that. So thanks, and uh, we're going to replace you with a whole other movie. Also in 2024 are four more TV shows. Ironheart, who I'll talk about, Daredevil Born Again, whose source material deserves its own podcast. It's that good. Wonder Man gets a TV show in... 24 which I'll talk about in a little bit and Agatha Coven of Chaos is going to be coming as well in 2024 featuring the breakout character from the WandaVision TV show the one who got her own song that actually charted and here is a fair use snippet of it. The name's Agatha Harkness Lovely to finally meet you dear Who's been I love the monsters feel of that. Speaking of monsters, there's going to be a Man-Thing Halloween special coming in 2024. Man-Thing is Marvel's big swamp monster uh, creature. And there's a lot more to them than just that, but that's all I got time for right now. Also a holiday special featuring the Silver Surfer coming in 2024 and a new series of Groot shorts. I'm Groot. Uh-huh. I'm Groot. That's right. I'm Groot. I think I'm looking more forward to those delightful little bits of chaos than just about anything else. All right, so that's 2024, 2025. I'm just going to throw out the names of projects because some of them are huge, but we're still walking through mostly speculation territory, so let's not get too excited about them. But here's the names of some of the things planned for 2025 from the MCU. Fantastic Four, that has been confirmed. Vision Quest, Armor Wars, What If Season 2. More about that in a bit. Young Avengers is a great big maybe. Also Midnight Angels, Ghost Rider, Marvel Zombies, Shang-Chi 2, Nova Spider-Man 4 and then scooting on into the next year, we're looking for Strange Academy maybe featuring Wong from the Doctor Strange movies, also a third Doctor Strange movie and Ms. Marvel Season 2 and then finally we get Avengers 5 Kang Dynasty. That's coming uh, on May 1st, 2026 if all of this proves true and interestingly, 2026 is the current year in the MCU. I don't know if if you know, but uh, five years of story time passed between the Avengers Infinity War and the Avengers Endgame movies, despite the second coming only about a year after the first. So would this mean that we'll be all caught up or will MCU time be 2031 at that point? Uh, It doesn't, it doesn't even matter. I don't know if we should even care. The time difference has not affected, well, my enjoyment of any of the MCU movies or TV shows. At all, but we're not done yet with what's yet to come. Kang Dynasty is obviously not Secret Wars, it's a whole different title. So, in 2026 for the MCU, we can expect maybe Moon Knight Season 2, Midnight Suns, She Hulk Season 2, World War Hulk. Also, uh, there's two untitled specials one at on Halloween, one in December. After that, in 2027, we get What If Season 3, Eternals 2 for some hopefully worthwhile reason, and an Illuminati TV show. Uh, Illuminati made their appearance in Doctor Strange 2. And then at last, Avengers Secret War, currently scheduled for May 7, 2027. And then right after that, in July 2027, a bonus Avengers movie called Avengers forever, which I had not heard about until I started doing research for this podcast. So that is an unexpected bonus. If, this all actually happens. There's other rumors. There's rumors that Secret Wars could be split into two movies, which would delay Avengers forever, but you know, time will tell on that. Time will tell for all of this, really. One delay could well mean a delay in every single other thing that comes after. Or they could switch schedules around. Uh, they've done it before, and you know we're way off the map of confirmation at this point. It's very <laughs> exciting, though. Just seeing a roadmap like this, even knowing that it might get radically changed at any moment, that's exciting. That they're allowing time for minor characters to grow into characters that we can get invested in and care about is just wonderful. And this does already put us off the rumor that the MCU is set to hit a climactic conclusion 20 years after Iron Man, but we'll see. And by conclusion, I'll, I'll get that into that in just a bit. So, the grade here for me is going to be kind of weird because I'm grading off speculation and rumor. But since I like so much of what I see, I'm going to give this plan an A. Its execution may not receive such a high mark, but I'm just so jazzed at this solid long-term plan that I think the A is deserved, at least right now. I reserve the right to change this later on based on how things actually go. So, now, I've got to say there's a few things missing on this map. And I'm not bringing those, these up as complaints, but really as, as questions. Where are the X-Men? Marvel Studios' Disney got the rights to them a while back. So why have I found nothing about what they're going to do with them besides a non-MCU cartoon, which I'm looking forward to, but... It's not MCU. Also, along with that, where's X-Force? Where's Excalibur? Both are X-Men-related teams that were heavily rumored to be part of the coming MCU phases. And also, in the realm of the completely speculated, Namor, the Defenders, and the Inhumans were all rumored to be the subject of projects, but not a word about them lately. Have they vanished from the production plan, or were they even ever there and the rumors were just wishful thinking? Hard hard to say. That's the problem with venturing into rumor world because it is all rumor, even if a source has been reliable in the past, doesn't mean that they really know what they're talking about now or have good information or aren't just in a mood and decided to start trolling people. You just never know. So let's dial everything back and look at what Marvel is actually saying. What is official are the following. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. It's going to be in theater in in, in weeks. It's it's for sure. Captain America 4 New World Order has been officially announced. There is a date in hand, and basically everything else I said was coming this year can pretty well be depended on. It might get moved, but the projects are happening. What if Season 2 is confirmed and is introducing a new character I'll be talking about in a minute? Daredevil Born Again is set for spring of next year. Charlie Cox is taking up the role again, as he did in the Netflix series and in She-Hulk. And from the confirmation from the actors, looks like we're going to be seeing Kingpin and the Punisher in this series as well. And again, that source material is so good. I may just devote a whole podcast to it. Also, uh, Blade, Agatha, Covenant of Chaos, Fantastic Four, Avengers, Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars. Those are confirmed. And the only way they're not going to happen is going to be following some kind of official announcement about it. They may be delayed. They may be pushed back. We don't really have solid dates for those yet officially. So we'll see. Now, this all brings me back to some of the things I said I'd talk about later. So, hey, welcome to later. First thing, the Thunderbolts. This was the best bait-and-switch Marvel project in my memory. This team was introduced in the comics in Incredible Hulk, Volume 2, Issue 449. Uh, At this time, Marvel Comics was doing a stunt where all the Avengers had been declared dead because comic book reasons. At the end of the first issue, though, of their own title, it was revealed that all the heroes on this superhero team were established Marvel villains, just with new costumes and names. And it's really easy, I guess, to change. Change your life like that if you're a supervillain. Just change those two things and act like a hero. And I guess it works the other way around, too, if you wanted to go into that. Anyway, the, the villains turned heroes, in quotes, mostly redeemed themselves. And it was a really good read. Uh, what the MCU take is going to be on them is something I'm curious to find out, since many of the MCU villains often end up dead. Not all of them, but uh, often. Uh, So, by the way, I'll give Thunderbolts the comic an A-minus, mostly from the concept. All right, Wonder Man. Simon Williams is the real name of this guy. When he was introduced in the early years of the Avengers, he was presented as a business rival for Tony Stark, a.k.a. Iron Man. But his business went bad. He hooked up with some villains. They gave him some powers. He helped them fight the Avengers. Had a change of heart. So the heroes won, and he died. And... You're not going to tell me that Marvel did not decide to make a character called Wonder Man so that they could capitalize on the name relating it to Wonder Woman. That's a side issue, and I, no one can blame him for doing that anyway. That's how this business works. Anyway, so Simon Williams died at the end of his first story, but it's comics. So he came back in the interest of reviving a character with potential and also maintaining the copyright to the Wonder Man name. He came back really much more interesting. First, his brainwave patterns were used to create the mind of the character The Vision which is completely different than how it worked in the MCU and also anything resembling real life, but comic books. When he came back, Simon Williams, he had super strength and endurance because of ion power. This was a good enough reason for comics. It also made his eyes a freaky light show of red and black, so he hid them behind sunglasses all the time. Wonder Man ended up becoming an on-and-off staple of the Avengers roster. He also made a decent living as a Hollywood stuntman, which is ideal work for someone who's basically invulnerable. That's great work. Imagine the insurance savings. He must. He could have become a millionaire in his own right just off that. He went through a lot of changes, though, and frequently. He got costumes, changes, and sometimes they the costumes let him fly. He became a real pal with another character called the Beast, who started as an X-Man and then shifted over to the Avengers, and they have some great stories together. But Marvel could never seem to bring Wonder Man into the top tier of their superheroes. But as a B-hero and a support character, he could be great. He did get his own miniseries at least once, but I don't think he ever titled his own ongoing series. There is a trailer for Wonder Man's Disney Plus show online. Doesn't tell us much, so we'll have to wait and see what the MCU does with old Simon. But for my part, I give the comic character of Wonder Man a B+. Solid, dependable, sometimes crucial, but really just always a co-star. Now, this character from What If I wanted to get into. First, what is What If? This started as a comic that provided answers to questions. Each issue addressed a question like, what if Spider-Man joined the Fantastic Four and told that story? What if the Hulk maintained Bruce Banner's brain, told that story? What if the Avengers had never formed? You get the idea. Here's how the TV show put it. Time. Space. Reality. It's more than a linear path. It's a prism of endless possibility. Where a single choice can branch out into infinite realities, creating alternate worlds from the ones you know. So a new hero is going to make her debut in season two of What If. Her name is Kohiri, and she's a Native American. And the story asks, what if the Tesseract, you might remember that from the Avengers movie and Captain America, the first Avengers. What if that fell to Earth and landed in the sovereign Haudenosaunee Confederacy before... The colonization of North America, and in the story, the Tesseract takes on a new life and a new mythology, transforming a lake into a gateway to the stars and leading Kahori, a young woman on a quest to discover power. So. All brand new. I have no crate for her at this time, but I am looking forward to that. Also, other things I said I would mention. Maya Lopez, also called Echo. She appeared in the comics and was in the Hawkeye TV series at the end of last year. She's a deaf Native American and former commander of the tracksuit mafia, and she can also perfectly copy another person's movements. Echo from the Hawkeye TV show gets an A from me. She had a great arc, all kinds of promise. I look forward to seeing it fulfilled. Next, Ironheart, also Riri Williams. Uh, Ironheart is an MIT student and genius inventor from Chicago. She created a suit of armor that's kind of like the one that Tony Stark built uh, in the Iron Man suit. She made her MCU debut in Black Panther 2, Wakanda Forever, and she gets a B from me for right now. She was well done in the movie. I look forward to seeing her in the series and adjusting her grade accordingly. Then we have Fantastic Four. Now, a part of me is kind of tempted to say, you don't know who the Fantastic Four are. Really? How? But first off, I don't like that kind of gatekeeping, so welcome casual Marvel fans. And I know a lot of people are only going to recognize that name as one associated with one maybe kind of halfway decent movie, two bad ones, and one that never got released. So here we go with it. The Fantastic Four is what started Marvel Comics as we know it, and everything that came with it, and after. The superhero team was created in 1961 by Jack Kirby and Stan Lee, which means the team was very possibly created by Jack Kirby, period. At this time, DC dominated comics with Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman, the Justice League of America, and a big roster of square-jawed, do-gooding, straight-edge, mostly manly superheroes using their powers and abilities to fight crime because that was the right thing to do. Then came Marvel's Fantastic Four, a rogue scientist sometimes too smart for his own good, his fiancée, who eventually developed more than one dimension to her character, a hot-headed teenage show-off brother, and a cynical, short-tempered pilot and ex-football star. They got powers, they explored, they pursued science, they bickered, they fought, they had relationship problems, they worried about the rent, and sometimes they forgot to shave. The Fantastic Four were far from perfect, and the audience loved it and them. Here were superheroes going on fantastic adventures, but were human enough to be relatable. This changed the fortunes of the struggling Marvel comics and also changed the entire landscape of superhero comics entirely and forever. There are more great Fantastic Four storylines than I can sum up here, which makes it a little bit of a mystery why no one can seem to make a really good movie about them. Okay, no, it doesn't. The answer is Hollywood studio executives sticking their noses into things without understanding what the FF is all about. It's about family, adventure, and science, and especially family. The FF don't patrol the streets of New York City looking to stop muggings. They're off exploring the Negative Zone or the Microverse or the Blue Area of the Moon. They're confronting Galactus, Doctor Doom, the Skrulls, or Annihilus. That's the Fantastic Four, and I can only hope Marvel Studios can be the one to do them right. The property has been in the hands of two major studios who produced completely forgettable crap. Before that, the rights were held by the famous low-budget producer Roger Corman, and he's the one who made the best of all four of the live-action Fantastic Four movies. It was, had cheesy effects, mediocre costumes, but the thing looked pretty good, and he got the heart of the characters, right? The comic book FF gets an overall A, with the notation that it's really hard to maintain an A plus grade over the course of 62 years. So there we go. Those are the things I said I would get back to, uh, except for this last one: the climactic conclusion. Now, according to more unverified rumors, Marvel is planning a drastic change in its movie and TV strategy after Secret Wars coming in five years. The basic problem that they see is that there will be so much MCU content. Not many people are going to want to go back and watch all of those movies, starting with Iron Man 1, and watch all the TV shows in the right order just to feel prepared to watch whatever the MCU comes up with next. That's a fair point. To a degree, Marvel has done a really good job, I think, of making most of their movies solid standalone projects and the TV shows. It's helpful to have seen everything that came before whatever you're about to see, but it's not entirely necessary, especially if you just pay close attention to what you're about to see. It's like the C.J. Box Joe Pickett series of novels. You don't have to start at the first one from 2001 to enjoy any particular one that follows in the series. I can attest to that since the first one I read was book 16, and it was just fine. I enjoyed it and didn't feel lost at all. So I think dumping the whole MCU for a reboot would be a waste. Then again, though, I have been invested since the beginning, since before Iron Man was nothing more than talk, when it could have flopped and the whole MCU could have never happened. But it did happen. It took off big. And as we all know, it's had its highs and its lows. That's for real sure. But after 20 years, it could be time for a cooling-off period followed by a fresh start. But on the other, other hand, there's also talk that it'll be sort of a side universe of fresh Marvel movies, ones that have nothing to do with the MCU movies that we know and expect, but a series that will run concurrently with them. Would that mean they're being produced all at the same time? I don't know. This idea kind of worked for a while with the Marvel comic book Ultimate Universe, it did the very same thing. Marvel's main series of books continued, but they introduced the same characters in kind of a different universe starting at issue number one without all of the baggage of years and years of comic book continuity. It uh, came to an end in part due to low sales, so that's not the most promising of templates for a line of movies, but This is all years in the future, and as I've said many, many times, it's all based on speculation and rumor, plus there's the very basic question, will any or all of this come to pass? Who knows? Not even Kevin Feige could say for sure at this point. Producing movies and TV shows is fraught with roadblocks of, all kinds. And the way these movies depend on each other is sometimes as much a weakness as it is a strength. It's going to be a fun ride regardless. I look forward to every single minute of it. And if this plan changes dramatically, I hope it changes in a good way. If it doesn't change at all, first of all, that would be a miracle, but uh, it's also going to be a real fun ride to watch it unfold. So there it is. If you want to tell me how wrong I am, please feel free. The text line is 901-878-9420. The email address, if you've got something real long to say, is mail at drakehallmemphis.com. If there's any topic in the wide world of geekdom you would like me to address and grade, please let me know that too. So for now, thanks for listening. I am Wes Shahola and I hope this was worth your valuable time. This is Drake Digital.